0: All roads lead to power. And on this show, we're going to break that idea down a little bit. What is power? Who has it? And how do you get it? We'll deconstruct everything from motivation and mental health to anti racism and addiction. Ultimately, the goal is to give you the tools and strategies that you need to live your most powerful life, being a force for good in the world and impacting the people around you in a positive way. Powerful is brought to you by me, your host, Jeff Kula. I help people change and build incredible teams. Welcome to the it show. Is a realization. That power without love is reckless and abusive, and that love without power is sentimental and anemic.
1: Because the so-called real world of men and money and power comes merrily along on the fuel of fear and anger and frustration and craving and the worship of self. The really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline.
0: If people don't learn power, people don't wake up. And if they don't wake up, they get left out. Welcome back to another special episode of Powerful with my friend and colleague, Stephen DeGroot of Brivia Consulting. Steve is a human behavior expert with a wide range of experiences all over the place, different sectors, teaching in academia to work in the front lines of addiction and mental health services. Spending time in federal penitentiaries, working with incarcerated gang members, and being on the stage in front of CEOs and multinational corporations. So a pretty broad range of experiences when it comes to what makes people tick and human behavior in general. And in this episode, we really dig into leadership and the hardest task of leadership, which is understanding how other people perceive you, uh, which begs the question, how do we get that those perceptions and how do we figure out how we're actually doing as leaders? Because there's certainly often leaders will find themselves in feedback bubbles where they're not getting the feedback that they need to improve their practice so that they can more effectively lead their people. And so we talk about something called the leader score. We break down a new tool that his team has developed to really focus on strengths and help people develop their leadership capacity in a non-threatening way to ease some of the fear and anxiety that might go with some of those conversations. If you're a leader and you've had some of those feedback instruments and 360 evaluations and things before, you can know the anxiety that goes along with asking your team, how am I actually doing? And so we break down that tool. And we also have just a broad uh, discussion about leadership and why it's so important and how we can improve our practice as leaders. So please enjoy this conversation about leadership and how to improve our practice with my friend and colleague, Stephen DeGroot. All right. And we are back this week with Stephen DeGroote to talk about leadership. That's where we left off. Last week, we talked about burnout and some of the what's going on in the world of burnout for for people um, around the world in different sectors and nonprofits and healthcare and education and corporate. You know, we're all seem to be suffering this kind of burden of burnout. And we talked a bit about the solution to that last week. And one thing we highlighted was leadership and leaders as a as a primary mechanism for performance, wellness, growth, learning, like all the things we want to have, we want to experience. We know that a lot of it is attributed to the quality of leadership that people experience. Um, Steve, welcome back to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Love ta- I love chatting with you. So here we are again.
0: All right. Well, let's talk a little bit um, for the listener who doesn't know who you are and is just knows you from last week's podcast or maybe it's just landing on this podcast give us a little bit of background on who you are what you've been up to and how you found yourself in this position of of training leaders and really kind of talking leadership all the time um let's hear a yeah. bit about your journey
1: yeah it's kind of a it's a it's a weird journey but it makes perfect sense so i love working with children that's my favorite favorite thing to do in the world is i started working with uh, improving the well-being and development of children uh, you know, individually as a, as a therapist and as a, as a, you know, counselor in in various capacities. And I shortly believed that, you know, I kept saying things like, if only we would have, if only somebody would have, if only, if only, and you know, the story started to hear the same. And I realized, okay, there's nothing wrong with these kids. (laughs) There's something wrong with the environment that they're in. you know, so then I started focusing on parents, uh, worked with a lot of parents and started doing sessions of almost 300 people a year, uh, working with out-of-control teens. And I'm like, you know something, the family's struggling with their other things, like the school and their community or the services that they're, you know, or me as a service provider. <laughs> you know, the agency I work for is the biggest barrier to this family's wellness, you know. And so I, I went into academia. <clears throat> I decided like, well, maybe if I become a professor, uh, I'll figure things out. We can help from another another angle. Uh, and then I got into government, working with ministries and realize like, uh, nothing's happening up here. I better get back to it, <laughs> just to be honest. <laughs> did the it tour. Like, yeah. It was like, you know, I, I was like I was uh, too close to the sun or too far away from the front line. But what I, I think the biggest thing is I started to see that all things that we were trying to focus on came back to leadership in some way, like all roads lead to leadership, that, um, you know, there was a leader or a manager or a director or a supervisor or a CEO or an ED uh, at the end of this decision, at the end of this road, so mm-hmm. how can we how can we work on that to improve uh what's happening uh below so that, that that's kind of my my journey from the bottom to the top to the middle um and now you know we're really big into we mentioned it in the last podcast is the the profound and positive impact leaders can have on their employees uh and it extends not just at work but even beyond work right mm-hmm. their experience of themselves uh so yeah so that's kind of my <clears throat> my quick journey uh from uh from working with children to uh being in front of thousands of people a year on big stages <laughs> you know from mental health groups to uh multinational corporations uh but the the big the big thread two things leadership and leading humans that's where they kind of all come together
0: mm-hmm. well let's talk about that let's dig into leaders and leadership because last episode we talked about the difference and there is a difference between leaders as people who have good intentions and leadership as a set of practices uh, characteristics qualities experiences that people have and how sometimes those can be a little bit incongruent sometimes a lot incongruent sometimes aligned perfectly um, but let's let's give us some thoughts or give the listeners some thoughts around that because leadership I know having been in a leadership role um, for a long time the burden of that the responsibility of that the guilt when you know, you think you're not doing enough the like there's just as much toll that gets to, that leaders place on themselves and get, gets placed on them by the systems and by, by the people they support. Um, that it can be tricky not to really take that on and identify with that, um, and that can be an impediment to us growing. I
1: think. Oh, for sure. So for sure, fear is the biggest impediment to uh, development and growth, <laughs> right? Uh, and yeah, there's this, you know, I think we got to a point a couple of years ago. One of my colleagues at Rivia, Chris Downey, and I, you know, dealing with a lot of people saying the. You know, there's good leaders, there's bad leaders, and the bad boss, and even on LinkedIn, and, and even in some articles, I think we're doing people a disservice to call people bad bosses and bad leaders, and don't get me wrong, they, um, there are people that behave in a way that looks like, oh, they're not doing it right, and they're having a negative impact on their people, um, but as we'll talk about later, um, you know it's important, and I think for the listener, if you're listening, we're going to give you some really specific things to improve your leadership and hold yourself accountable to get over that fear. Uh, but the big thing is, I think for us, it's differentiating. You know, people are leaders, right? Leaders are people and leadership is a practice. So just as a starting point, um, you know, leaders are people and they want their best. They do their best. We haven't met, Jeff, we've interviewed thousands. We haven't met one that, you know, closes the door and says, you know, I really want to screw up my people today. Like, how can I make <laughs> their lives really bad? You know, even though, you know, they're, and, and leadership is a practice. It's it's the practice of leadership. It's like parents, Mm-hmm. Right. Parents want the best for their kids. It's their parenting. You know, so it's leadership as a practice. So you're a great leader. You're an amazing person. Your leadership can use some work. And I think when we start there, we lessen that fear that I'm going to be criticized, that I'm going to be hurt, that I'm going to be embarrassed, that I'm not doing it enough. So I'm just going to hide my potential. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think if we can say to people, you know, you're an amazing leader. Let's start with improving your leadership just is a better starting point than, you know, you're a bad leader let's get started (laughs) how does does that start the conversation you know i I
0: call it out on a quarterly basis i think i find myself writing a linkedin post which is to the effect of your culture isn't toxic right calling it toxic calling your leaders toxic calling this environment toxic is not helpful no one intends like you say to wake up in the morning and say "Hmm, i wonder how i can make everybody miserable at work today it just doesn't happen it's the behavior it's the actions it's the practices that are incongruent with that um you know i talk a lot about intention versus impact right and you can't hide behind your good intentions. And I do it sometimes. Like, let's face it, we're human. It's like, I didn't t- intend for that to happen. Um, but when you have power, when you're a leader, it's your impacts that matter. It's the, the actual felt experience, the meaning that other people are making of you and your actions that, that matters the most. And so, you know, I've, I've, I often find myself, I've got a little little framework that I keep in mind. I call it the four A's of, of leadership, of life, of parenting. Um, and it starts with Awareness. Um, if we're not aware of what's most important to us and what's most important to the other people, we, we're, we're setting ourselves up um, to, to either get lucky and or not get lucky. Um, so let's talk about awareness and how do you, you've, you've got actually a really practical set of strategies and questions that you ask every leader um, to start every workshop to identify, to build, bring some awareness to what it is they want for themselves and their peoples. Can you walk us through uh, what you call the page one, page one?
1: Yeah, for sure. We can talk about page one. I wanted to reiterate what you're saying. We talk a lot about the intent impact gap, mm-hmm. right? Like, we, you know, we have our intentions as leaders, and we have the impact uh, from our leadership. And there is for every leader listening, every supervisor, every manager in health and human services and corporate, there is a gap. And mm-hmm. we have to just acknowledge that just as a fact, some gaps are small. Unfortunately, some of them are massive, right? And we need to know, are we hitting the mark that we intend to mark? Are our people feeling cared for? Do they feel clear on their roles? Do they feel recognized and validated? Like what is their experience? And my favorite quote that kind of led to a lot of the page one and led to some of the tools that we've designed uh, at Brivia is my favorite quote from Edward Flom. It's like, one of the hardest tasks of leadership is understanding that you are not what you are, but what you are perceived to be by others. So what we learned is it's impossible to know how you're doing as a leader unless you hear it from your people, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like just as a starting point, it's like, okay, how, are, how am I doing? We'll talk, to, talk about that in a bit. So as a leader, yes, let's talk about page one because um, you can only be accountable to you, right? And I think if all leaders got out of bed and focused on their own growth and their own development, we wouldn't have to focus on what the guy in the next office was doing or the guy down the hall if we just took responsibility for developing. So we have something called page one, which is one of my favorite things to do. And if leaders are really supervisors, managers, and corporate and human services are serious about getting better as leaders, this has helped thousands of them. Now, there's six questions. We call it page one for two important reasons. One, it's just the most important page. Now, it'll be two to three to four to five pages, but it starts on page one, and it's like the first page in your leadership journey, right? And, And that's why we call it page one. And we encourage a lot of leaders that are doing their leadership development to get a nice journal or a book to signify this, not something you put the grocery list in or all your memos in, but to really, you know, to symbolize and take your your leadership development seriously. So the very first question, and it's a two-part question, is for people to think about, you know, and, and they can pause this podcast or they can think about it over coffee, tea or a martini or whatever beverage of choice. And to really give some thought to these questions, and, and we'll talk about why they're so important. The first one is, what brought you to this role of leadership? Right? What brought you to become a supervisor or a manager or a director or a CEO? Right? And I think that's really important. Some people end up there by accident. Uh, some people know full well while they're there, which, which makes the second part of the question really helpful either way, which is, what keeps you there? Right. So, what, what are the things that keep you here? Because we know leadership is great when it's going well. When it's not, <laughs> it can be exceptionally, exceptionally hard. Right. So, what are the things that you connect to? You know, is it the people? Is it uh, making a difference? Is it uh, having a sense of empowerment and, and, and doing something that actually uh, has an impact in people's lives? So, that's the first set of questions. What brought you here and what keeps you here? Question number two is to really think about the people you're leading, or if you're an aspiring leader, the people you're going to lead. And question two is, what do I need from the people I lead, right? So what do I need from them? Do I need them to trust me? Do I need them? most common word, <laughs> most common answers? I need them to get the work done, Steve, right? <laughs> like I just, I just need them to get stuff done. And, and that's okay. But there's other things. Do I need them to work well as a team? Do I need them to trust me? Do I need them to show up early, stay late? Like really give some thought to what you need. That's question number two. Question number three is, what do I hope to accomplish with my people? Right? So what do I want to accomplish? with? Do I want to accomplish a stronger team? Do I want to accomplish better targets? Do I want to accomplish preferred results with our, uh, with our clients or with our customers? Like, What is it that we want to accomplish together? Right? That's, a, that's question number three. Now, question number f- um, four is one of my favorites, which is, what do I want for my people under my leadership? Now, it's kind of a weird question. Like, what do I want for them? Well, do you want them to develop? Do you want them to you know, be successful on leadership? Do you want them to grow? Um, some of them will start crossing over. Do you want them to trust you? Do you want them to be happy? Like, what do you want for them under your, under your leadership? Right? And those, I usually stop at, at, at question four because these, are, these four questions get them to connect to two things. One is their purpose, right? And we know that when leadership gets tough, people say, uh, why am I doing this, or why am I still doing this? And if they come up short with no purpose, that day gets tougher. Mm-hmm. So to connect that to the to the questions about why you're here and what do you hope to accomplish, and the second reason those four questions are critical is because it's how we hold people accountable, it, like hold themselves accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, because when leadership gets hard, we ask ourselves, Jeff. We, you know, we go, well, why am I doing this? Why should I stay late? Why should I have this conversation again? Why should I? Well, don't ask Jeff. Don't ask Steve. Go back to your page one. Mm-hmm.
0: Ask yourself when you were in a different frame of mind. Exactly. You know, when you're important. in a different
1: frame. Yeah. Exactly. And you look down and you, you know, and one of my favorite examples is, you know, a leader, and it happens all the time. The context changes where they're going to go, Steve, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, heads are going to roll. I'm going to, you know, gather them all together. I'm going to really feed it to them. And I go, whoa, 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 wait. Can you just, uh, you know, and I, and I go through their page one. I go to my own journal that I wrote down of their answers. And I say, before you do that, can you tell me how that's going to build trust on the team? can you tell me how that's going to make them feel stronger and open, be open to failure and, and, and learning from this? And usually they start growling and they start <laughs> going, ah, you know, cause it's not. Mm-hmm. So that leader has checks to the page one and has one of two choices, either change what you wrote down in those first four questions, which is hard to do
0: mm-hmm. or
1: change what you're doing to bring that about. And that's totally up to us as, as leaders, right? So those are the first four questions, right? And, 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 you know, if you want a really quick win on, just getting rid of this good boss good bad um good boss, bad boss dichotomy or this discussion is if you do this page one exercise and you look at your answers to the first four questions, no one writes down, I want to screw up my people today. I've never seen that written down. What do you what do you hope to accomplish well I want them to feel bad about themselves? You know, I want them to uh, their lives to be miserable at work right? I want them to drive to work with a knot in their stomach. No. So that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Nobody writes that down. Nobody wants that. So we got to go, you're a great leader. Your leadership could use some, some work. So here are the final two questions in the page one, um, leaders, page one exercise. These are my, these, these I like because what, what happens when we go to conferences, Jeff, when we work with the front line and we're having lunch, um, people aren't talking about their clients, <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about their supervisors, right? They're like, oh, you know, I just, and you know, they look over the shoulder and they like them. They're like, you know, Sherry's a really nice person. Just, I wish she would and dot, dot, dot. You hear just something they need differently. So the next two questions. So question number five is this, how would I describe the leader I want to be? Right? So do I want to be friendly? Do I want to be perceived as fair? Do I want to be perceived as inspiring and motivating? or supportive, right? Or as an advocate, right? So, so this is an opportunity for people to, to just, like from, from the, the best leadership qualities ever, which are the ones you want to use to build your own leadership? And what is the leader you want to be? And now the final question, question number six on page one, sometimes sends shivers up and down people's <laughs> spines and gives them goosebumps. But the question is, when my people talk about my leadership, what do I hope they would
0: say? Because <laughs> they will be. They will they're, they're be talking yeah. about it, whether you like it or yeah, not. Yeah,
1: yeah over lunch or you know beers after work, and they're they're saying you know and and like so what do you want them to hear, right? And and really be robust in your answer, like get detailed, and you know when you combine. So the reason why I love this exercise for leaders is because nobody can hold us accountable better than ourselves. And if we truly know what our purpose is and what we really want and what we need for our people, we just check that page one and go, am I doing? What I want to be perceived as? Am I doing what I say is important? And that's how we start to limit that intent impact gap, Jeff. Like that's mm-hmm. the only way, right? And the other way, of course, is to hear from your people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reading page one is great; it's a good start. It anchors you and leverages it. Um, but hearing from your people is is also very important. That's one of my favorite. We often take people through that at the beginning of most of our trainings, um, and it's very, you know, when they say, "When I'm struggling with this," I say, "Before you even ask an expert." Before you ask a coach, before you go online, go back to your page 1. Most of your answers are there, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I love that exercise because it really it it brings it it forces that in that intention to become formalized because oftentimes we carry our intentions internally. We carry them just like that, as good intentions, kind of subconsciously or unconsciously, this brings it right to the forefront and says, you know, put a stake in the ground. This is important. This is what you're standing for. This is what uh, this is what's meaningful yeah. to you, right? It's it's getting yeah. people to connect um, first with what's what's meaningful for them and how they want to be experienced, and then it really does set the stage for for feedback for Im- assessing impact against that. Oftentimes, what I find is that leaders don't have a baseline, or they don't have they haven't established this set of values and goals and, you know, experiences they want people to have. And so the feedback as it's coming in, because it's always coming in, right, we're always getting feedback, right, whether we're, whether we're interpreting it as feedback or not. Um, and we can then do what, what the second step is alignment, right, which is, you know, now that I'm aware of this, how do I make sure that I'm aligned in my leadership practice, right, this is the leader I want to be, is my leadership reflective of that. And so I love this exercise, um, I probably need to do it again for myself. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and do that after our call, but let's maybe shift gears a little bit into that, that impact side. How do we get feedback that's meaningful? How do, cause I, I think a lot of us lean away from feedback. Let's face it. You know, it, it can be pinchy. It can be hard. Um, it stings, it, it yeah. stings, or yeah. it's hollow. It's a pat on the back. It's a good job. It's a thanks. That was great. Um, but it doesn't, it lacks kind of that meaning. And, and from a right use of power perspective, we talk about feedback being an investment in relationship right and if we care enough about somebody and what's meaningful to them then we'll take the time to invest in in giving and receiving feedback and we'll figure we'll figure that out and i know you've got you know we've got lots of communication strategies we can talk about to take the sting out of feedback and to make it more meaningful but let's talk maybe let's back up a little bit from this and when you think about leadership development performance evaluation yeah all of like feedback practices in this sector what you know, there's there's a hesitation, there's a resistance towards getting feedback. Because um, I think we've done it unintentionally quite poorly, um, to be to be frank, right? So 100%, 100%. It,
1: it, it's actually the way that we've done performance improvement plans, the way that even 360s are now being used, like 360s, when they came out, were great, because they were, everyone got them. But now, because they're expensive, and they take time, anyone on a 360 and an executive leadership team is, is, it's just the new, it's the new form of a performance improvement plan. Mm-hmm. Right? So, Um, You know, we'll talk later about the algorithm. I'm super excited about all that stuff and the the different things. But, you know, traditional approaches to to performance actually compromise somebody's feeling of safety. Mm -hmm. Right. So they actually when you put someone on those plans, they often create a negative experience where they hide their potential and they're just right from the get go hiding what's really going on. Right. And that's that's a problem, Mm -hmm. which is why. You know, I'd like to get the percentages on this. I got someone working on it. Can't wait to see them is how many people that get put on a performance improvement plan actually uh, get either quit or get fired. And it's pretty high. It's mm-hmm. actually really high. Yep. Now, we always tell ourselves, well, you know, I guess that's why I guess we we actually it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Totally is. And I, <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's a great company we work with where they, you know, they've, they've coined, um, you know, the PIP is really an RIP right and the boat the boat has started to float and it's not boat it's beginning of the end bote right so so yeah so what we've done is we've tilted that on its head and like i think you know you have to make the experience meaningful how do you make it you know connect it to page 1 but most importantly leaders are doing a lot of great things mm-hmm. like they're like they literally are doing more positive than they are doing negative so we need an approach that's you know really embraces the fact that you're doing some good things. And what are the behaviors that you're doing that are actually having a positive impact on the people you serve and the, and the individuals in the team? So, I mean, that was a starting point, but we've actually, just to get to it, created a created a tool based on that idea that we don't know how we're doing, that our understanding is very different often from the people that we're, we're serving, which is a problem. So how do we get feedback from that? We created something called the core leader
0: score. Let's which, talk about it. Uh, what, uh, let's walk, yeah. walk, us, uh, walk us through what it is because – you know yeah let's i'll I'll pause just for a sec to talk about like a strengths focus versus a deficit focused um we talk Mm -hmm. about strengths all the time especially in human services strengths strengths strengths, but it's lip service Yeah. often right it's page 37 of the case plan and it's likes hockey and it's like i don't actually like hockey i just wrote that down because i had to write something down we do the exact same thing with our employees right we'll Mm. like you look through an hr file you're not going to find a big list of strengths that people are good at um we'll find performance improvement plans or we'll find memos (laughs) or the training
1: they attended in 1998. Yeah. So Um, to
0: do it meaningfully, uh, like what I I love about the leader score is that it it meaningfully takes these, these attributes, these characteristics that we know are helpful for human development and it operationalizes them into a development package, a development piece, as opposed to a performance evaluation piece and that's that's, yeah. a, that's a critical distinction i think so can you talk yeah. a little bit about development versus performance evaluation and why it's important for leaders to be on the development track and for yeah. like us to focus our energies there as opposed to performance improvement well we're talked yeah. about it right because it's the beginning of the end it's it's rip it's the first step out the door
1: yeah well performance you know performance management versus performance development we don't even use performance management like we've given it a negative experience yeah. it's why kids in school when they hear could you please come to the office send shivers up and down their spines, just like employees, please come to the office. Uh, we're only called when something bad happened. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, trying to, we built the, the core leader score to, to be everything that traditional approaches to development uh, weren't. Right. And I think, you know, they're predominantly deficit focused. They were character based. They were, they opened up the floor for all types of uh, we call them quote unquote, witch hunts or who said that, you know, why would someone say that? Um there were generalizations. They weren't actionable and they definitely weren't strengths-based. So, you know, we created a tool and a lot of research over almost nine years from 5,000 people in eight different countries around what are the behavioral qualities that we need to mm-hmm. see as, you know, like what, actually, what is the behavior? Not the, you know, courage, charisma, you know, what the hell, what the heck are those, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and I think that was it. So we, how do you just make it, how do you make it meaningful and how do you create a positive experience? with a tool that focuses on development, not evaluation. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are two different things. Right. And um, so we've created this thing that even we're <laughs> doing a lot of debriefing. So we use it with corporate clients. They love it. Um, and we're using it in health and human services now. And just recently we had a group of executives who were doing it. And the fear was so high, like, because when we interview them, they've never had an executive level uh, leadership assessment that was positive. Now, even the ones that were positive, like we're talking glowing, mm-hmm. there were still one or two things that they said, well, you know, and someone said this, and they're like, okay, who said it? And they're only focused on the one. This this beautiful thing that we built is behavioral, strengths-based, um, actionable. You know, the, the strengths outweigh um, the areas for development. Uh, you get a full scalable development plan. You know, so everyone so far is loving it. Even people that get low scores are like, "This is great! I know what I need to do." And we're—I'm even pinching myself, going, "Okay, so did, we just left a debriefing of executives who are all smiling and happy and excited about the development." Like, so we're still even, especially in the health and mm-hmm. human. So, corporate, corporate—they they get it. They know that you know their performance and the leadership experience is tied to bottom line, top line. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're running in that direction human service is still a little bit battered and bruised from the traditional approaches to mm-hmm. um, to uh, leadership development, right? So it's been, it's been it's been great. It's an amazing tool. And we call it the core leader score, uh, the responsive leader score as well for human services. And it's, uh, it's been awesome.
0: Can you dig into what does it measure? How do, how do you do strengths? How do you do what types of behaviors? Um, give, can you give us yeah. a few examples of, of what comes out of that and what a leader yeah. could expect if they were interested in this? Because my hope is that, You know, feedback. I do outcomes and evaluation work now in the nonprofit and education sector. It's where I've kind of spent a lot of time and energy because of the yeah. impact versus intention idea, oh, yeah. right? And yeah. so most of my work is a kind of measuring the client experience, right? And seeing, are we doing what we say we're doing and how can we improve? Um, it's the exact same thing at the leadership and for your employees. And so I, I love, let's uh, see a lot of congruence between the work that we're doing here. And so I'm, I'm interested in what you're measuring with a leader score and probably have some leaders listening who are like, hmm, I haven't actually gotten good feedback for a while. And this is something I should check out, but let's, yeah. give, let's give them a little bit of some insight into what, uh, yeah, what it Yeah, like.
1: for sure. Uh it's, 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 it's super simple. It's a behavioral survey uh, type assessment, and it takes uh, approximately 15 minutes to do. And uh, the report is amazing. You know, you get positive messages from your team. But the cr- concrete areas that we measure, there's five domains. So what we found doing the greatest leadership exercise all over the world, we're like, wait a minute, the guys in India are saying the same things as the guys in Germany. England is saying Canada. The U.S. were are like, okay, wait a minute. So we started doing um, a qualitative analysis around what behaviors Uh, So we got five domains, and they are respect, integrity, empathy, supportiveness, and performance. So those were the all the behaviors are kind of getting bucketed into those things, Um, and then there's very specific behaviors that are tied to that. So we measure those domains. Now, some people might be listening and going, "How come trust isn't there? Trust is like really important." Well, trust is an outcome Mm -hmm. of those domains in practice, right? So when we're doing respect, doing empathy, doing integrity, doing supportiveness, and performing, uh, trust is very high. So the leader score is actually a trust score. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty mind blowing, right? We need to think about this. And we'll, we'll talk about that in other podcasts. Um, so you, so the report that you get back, it's simply this. It's Steve, you know, does these things really well, but the areas of development are Steve and check in with his team a little bit more regularly on how they're doing. <laughs> That's yeah. it. You know, in, in not the Steve's a bad person.
0: His... Steve's no, uh, no, ego yeah. is too big. You know that type yeah. of stuff that you might see. Yeah,
1: yeah, like they're very, very concrete. Like everything is, every behavior is doable, um, and it's uh, it's a breath of fresh air. It's like you know, Steve can introduce the uh, company vision and values in the next team meeting. Like that's like that's it, right? I was like, oh, geez, they're on the wall. I might as well bring them into my presentation. And the great thing about this is leaders are unaware that these, these actions can have a profound impact now because their team has assessed them. They have the most accurate feedback on what behaviors are making a difference. And here's the good news story again, for a lot of leaders that are scared to do this, the positive messages that they get back actually indicate the things that they're doing that are helpful, that they had no idea. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like it's amazing. I didn't know that bringing coffee uh, at the staff meeting had a huge impact. Well, guess what? I'm going to keep doing it. Oh my gosh! Right? <laughs> Maybe I I'll didn't bring some that. muffins. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. So, so it's a super accurate, and it also comes with a fully scalable, automated um, support plan. So your, you know, your areas for development and strengths get populated. You get step by step how to develop your strengths before you develop your areas of development. And the biggest thing that I love is every two weeks. So if you get your three areas of development every two weeks, you get an email. It goes into your email box that says. Hey, Jeff, uh, you know, it's time to work on your, your top areas of development. Here are some concrete things that you can do over the next couple of weeks that will elevate the experience of your people and your leader score. And it's like, oh, oh, wow, cool. That's helpful. <laughs> just following. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, that's the uh, piece that
0: you know usually we use it as the performance evaluation and it's once a year and it's there's nothing concrete that comes out of it we leave it up to people right we give the leader here's your assessment now figure out what to do with it and so what i love here is that it's an improvement development it's really focused on growth and learning um I'll talk about the frequency because it's not something you do once a year it's it's every quarter is it every three four months or like you do you can do it more frequently so that you can get that feedback rhythm happening a bit more yeah more regular for
1: sure yeah, we're, what we're finding out is people love their leader score. Like we've got a group like, when's the next one? When's the next one? Which is, again, against traditional mm-hmm. um, experiences. Um, our, our clients, so the ones in corporate, use it, I think they we're doing it two to three times a year. Um, some are doing it four. Some are doing it twice. So it depends, again, on the realities of your work environment. right? So it is automated. does not disrupt the work at all. Um, but it depends on uh, how often do you want to get those um you know, and how often do you want to work on them? We're finding that three a year is, is like once every four months, uh, gives people enough space to actually work on their development during that time and also not lose and not lose the momentum, right? Not lose the momentum. Uh, and you also get a numerical readout plus a qualitative measure. So you get, you know, you get a self-assessment measured against your people's assessment, which is really cool because (laughs) you go, all right, I'm I overassess myself or I underassess myself right mm-hmm. so uh it's really great that way I mean it's uh, we're we're loving it you know it took a long time to to build um but it's fulfilling every hypothetical uh that we had you know in terms of how it's being received
0: can you can you tell us a story about a leader you know not naming names or anything but do you have a story that pops to mind that like the difference that this has made for them in their leadership practice
1: oh yeah I have two uh, two diametrically opposed leaders. So, and they they know that we call them this. We've talked about their nicknames. I have one called uh, the Terminator because he was seen as a, a kind of a robot machine. Um, and uh, and they, they're in the same company. And another one we call 99 because he's got he 99 out of 100 score, the highest leader score in the history of this tool. And when you meet them, when you met them, and by the way, Terminator has become my biggest inspiration of 2019. People wrote this person off, you know, as uh, conservative you know um uh, all the engineer a programmer like all the things like you know this is a technical person we'll never be able to lead people and this guy was like you know compared to mother Teresa, jesus christ martin luther king when you meet them and walk around the office you can see yes this makes sense so what's interesting about the leader scores on the same day uh one of our colleagues chris and i flew in to provide support and they just gotten their leader scores they just got their tips and we're talking to 99 and uh you know, he's like talking to everybody. It's amazing. He's feeding people. You're like, yes, okay, this makes sense. And he says, Oh, I love the leader score. We go, well, What did you like about it? He goes, Well, I never knew the things that I was doing made a positive difference. And I just followed the tips. He said, Two of the three tips were really cool. So I tried them out and they had a positive impact. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. Go down the hall uh, or on the different floor. We, we meet Terminator and he goes, well, How's it going? He goes, Oh, pretty good. He, you know, he goes, It's good. Um, I know that I'm doing some things right and I know where I need to develop. Okay. What else? He goes, I really like the tips. Oh, you like the tips? He goes, yep. I goes, he goes, I just followed them line by line and I did this, this, and this, and I did it in the meeting. And he goes, it was good. So I'm going to keep doing it. Right. So, so what we had is two diametrically opposed leaders, one that was written off and one that was, oh yeah, he's just a natural, learns from it. This one learns from it. They follow the steps because they're behavioral and both limit the intent impact count. And I can't wait. To, so Terminator when I'm coaching. He's my inspiration. I've never seen a leader grow so much. And he's hope for all those technical people out there that are saying these guys cannot lead. Um, and I can't wait to do a score. I think it's probably jumped 20 points uh, just from the feedback from his people. So it's a, it's a great tool. It's positive. It's non-threatening. Uh, and it's actionable.
0: Awesome. So let's Let's circle back to what, where we started this conversation, which was really around intention and impact around, you know, page one. He gave us an overview of, of, you know, highlighting or identifying, getting, bringing some awareness to what's most important, what our intentions actually are as leaders, what we want for our people, what we want for ourselves, uh, what great leadership actually looks like. And, you know, we've talked now about the necessity for that but let's let's close out this podcast with you know you've got a really simple question that people can start with like we don't have to jump right to you know online assessments and those types of things there's a question you can just ask your people um and then and then we'll close up for for today yeah
1: so we probably forgot to thank all leaders listening right we probably should put that in getting to say thank you for your commitment and your dedication to make the lives of other people better right and that's it like that's it and and i think that's where we got to start um yeah, there's all this stuff that we talked. The simplest question is either asking in a one-on-one or in a team meeting is take a deep breath and say, how am I doing as your leader? That's it. Just how am I doing, right? Good, bad, yes, no. What do I need to work on? One small thing and just start that way. If you know, a lot of people ask us, how do I minimize that intent impact app? We believe that the core leader score is the, the absolute best way, but the fear is real. Mm-hmm. Like the fear is so real. All of us, you, me, we, remember that first time we were going to get our feedback. It's like, <gasps> oh, do I really want to know this? And, and, and don't let us tell you. This is where we can link the intent impact gap and how necessary it is to, to close it with your own page one. So if you do your page one, you know, and you do the details and you, you connect with your purpose, connect with what you want for yourself and for your people, and then you ask yourself, and the fear sets in, should I do this leader score thing? Let page one, let the answers on page one tell you whether you should or not. And there's only one way to, to access your, your people's story and that is get close to it. Ask them. Mm-hmm. Right. That's our that's our best bet to better leadership, right? Yeah. You deserve it as a leader. They deserve it as as your your people being led. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Make it safe and make it meaningful, right? Which the which I love about the leader score is it does that for both the people giving the feedback and also as importantly, the person on the receiving end, that leader who has those questions that keep them up at night, that they find themselves wondering when they're driving home from the team meeting that went kind of crappy. Like, am I doing a good job? Am I actually making the difference that I'm setting out to make? Um, do people trust me, right? Do people like my leadership? Um, yeah, it's, those are questions that we can't answer. Right. We have to we have to get the perspective of, of the people and the, the their experiences. And so I love that you've built a, finally built a tool. I'm sure it's been in the works for a long time. Um, yeah. because it's been it's been needed. <laughs> 2009, for brother, a long
1: time. September yeah. of two thousand nine. <laughs> so uh, it was it started as a thought in Australia, like wow, we gotta bridge this gap. So yeah, no, it's great. Thanks for having me on. You know, um anything we can do to make the lives of leaders and the people they lead better. Um, I'm all for it, man.
0: You're on it. Well, thank you for your time and energy and what you're putting out into the world. I love it. So thank you very much. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for listening to another episode of Powerful, this time with Stephen DeGroote, where we talk about the hardest task of leadership, which is really figuring out, does our impact line up with our intention? And it's such a critical element of good leadership that I really do hope you check out the work that he's doing with his team briviaconsulting.com there's a link in the show notes and take a read through the leader score stuff because if you're a leader and you're curious about your impact and whether the people that you're leading whether the experience they're having with you lines up with some of those answers to page one questions if you've done that you know take the time to do that in your journal and if you're curious about it then check it out and get in touch with steve and his team And as always, I appreciate you sharing this podcast with other leaders who you think might benefit and giving us a like or a review on iTunes or Podbean or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It really does help us reach a wider audience and have a bigger impact in the world. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again very soon.